You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Here. I don't want to be here. I don't want hey, to be here. So this is Vietnam. Expected. It's actually, it's actually kind of nice. There are a lot more helicopters here. Yeah, I always thought parts. there'd be like one or two. Oh. That's the latrine, Jesse. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, what is that? I don't know. Oh Jesus Christ! God, the buffet doesn't open for another two hours. So hungry. Oh, look over here. Oh, man. Is that what I think it is? Alright, you cheesesteaks. Welcome to the now. Follow me. And welcome to a brand new episode of 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. I'm the other, Daniel Sanangelo. And with us, as always, is our most excellent producer, Jesse Sedgley. Disrespecting the Vietnam vets. Oh. My apologies. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no. But welcome I'm back. I'm sure there weren't any buffets. What? Or no. <laughs> parts. I don't think they might have had like a special no. buffet, like I don't know rations. I don't know. Well, I borrowed that from the uh, South Park episode with the log. Oh. They were talking about the log rides oh, and, yeah. um, and stuff. <laughs> I don't remember what you're talking about now. What? No. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Marky Mark. I would like to see your ass in Nam. What? I no. I don't think you'd have lasted long. What? No. I know. <laughs> but yes, welcome back to Asia Visit, everybody. Your weekly blast of the past. This week, the Oscar-winning. Platoon, the Oliver Stone classic, released December 24th, 1986. What a present for the world. Oliver Stone said, Merry Christmas, America. This is what the Vietnam War was like. Enjoy this on your Christmas Eve. In your, in your, Christmas you know, is a depressing in your time houses. for movies. Seems like, to be. This year we got orphans and slaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people dying of exposure and <laughs> bloody gun battles. <laughs> You know, honestly, up until this, you know, fairly recently, it was a joyous holiday. You go, you go back to Middle Earth every around every right, Christmas, yeah, and that's true. Yeah, nope. now it's you know. slaves and orphans. <laughs> yeah. It's the year of slaves and orphans. It's good Oscar time. Yeah. Sadness sells. Oscar, or, uh, Oscar, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, IMDb gives it an eight point two. Rotten Tomatoes eighty eight. A congruence there, as we see often. Uh, budget only six million. So this movie cost exactly as much as Ferris Bueller's Day Off did. Hmm. Strangely enough. Opening weekend, $241,000. I remember that time. However, domestic gross, $138,000.5. Worldwide, $204.9. So for a $6 million budget, this movie kicked ass. (laughs) And thank God there was no platoons. Jim Cameron coming along. They had another O. Platoon. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, but a, obviously a huge hit uh, for the year. Uh, it was the number three highest grossing of the year, 1986. And as I always like to see, would you care to take a guess at the number one, number two spot for 86? I'll give you a hint. The number one movie we have covered on the podcast and was in a similar genre, so to speak. 
1986. Commando? No, we haven't done Commando on the podcast. We've done uh, this movie on the podcast. It, Predator? Nope. Oh, that's the Arnold that's, movie we yeah. did. That's, that's the it's one Predator I was thinking. With an, I mean, it's Commando yeah. with an alien. God, True. I thought I had that one. Full Metal Jacket. We'll be doing that one soon, I'm sure. Top Gun. Oh, derp. Number two was Crocodile Dundee, mate. Hmm. That's not a knife. This is a knife. That's not that's a knife. A that's a spoon. Oh, I've seen you play knifey spoony before. <laughs> My favorite episode of The Simpsons <laughs> because of that part. <laughs> I'm glad you knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> or knew to make that reference. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, serious face. Back to the drama that is known as Platoon. Right, sure. Uh, written and directed by Oliver Stone, one of my personal favorite writer-directors. Uh, also, of course, he did Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise. Uh, my favorite film of his, JFK, Natural One Killers, The Doors, Wall Street, also with Charlie Sheen, and the incredibly lame World Trade Center, <laughs> uh, which surprisingly had no conspiracy theory in it. Yeah. Which, uh, that's the first thing I thought when I heard he was doing World Trade Center. I was like, oh, great. You know, which I like, like I said, I love JFK, but that's there's plausible things to that one. I was like, Oliver Stone, his take on World Trade Center... With Nicolas Cage, this is gonna be crazy. And I'm sure if you broke it down, you could find things and start Probably making up stuff. Like some we talked dude about in the last background episode. has a trench coat and he looks a little too yeah. fat. He was smuggling an explosive. Or... Yeah, exactly. If you look in the background there, you could see the wiring <laughs> to one of the explosives. Yeah. <laughs> Although I must say, World Trade Center, the uh, the trailer gets me because they have that scene where they're running from the explosion, and of mm-hmm. course, because we lived through that, we know what happened. Sure. The trailer for that movie gets me on that part because, like that, you know, that really did happen. Yeah. Well, the whole movie actually happened in a sense, except, I mean, the dudes did survive and everything. But I don't remember not... Nicolas Cage being on the scene, though. <laughs> well, they, they hid it from the media. It was suppressed. That was the true conspiracy. Right. Nicolas Cage it, was Well, there, he is a vampire. Yeah, and he sure. brought down the towers with his sheer force of will. He was it's actually true. battling Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yeah. And that's just... It was like the Avengers. That was the collateral damage. And right. it has been over 10 years, so we can, we can talk about hypotheses oh, sure. about the world about 9-11. So. There are far worse jokes going on, like... <laughs> Jesselnick offensive about 9-11 and stuff oh, like God. that. Speaking <laughs> of that, I guess the new trend is if you're a celebrity roaster, or if you're a roaster on Comedy Central, you get a you show now. You get a now. show, yeah. Wow. It's pretty nice deal. It must be. <laughs> Thank God Carrot Top hasn't gotten one yet. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, Platoon, uh, starring Charlie Sheen as Chris, of course, uh, also from the arrival of Wall Street, Hot Shots, and our last week's movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Tom Berenger. I love Tom Berenger. I think he's he's one of my favorite 80s actors as Sergeant Barnes. Of course, he was also in Sniper. He was the uh, grizzled veteran baseball player in Major Major League. League. And he was, I think, Renee Russo was his wife in that, and and she was pretty freaking hot. And most recently, Berenger was in Inception. He was uh, Mm -hmm. Cillian Murphy's, like, what was his relate? Like, his kind of... Lover. No. (laughs) I wanted to use a a more softer word than lover. But, uh, yeah, he was in also in Inception. Uh, most recently, and the Just great Willem Dafoe, another one of my favorite '80s actors and actors of all time, actually, uh, as Sergeant Elias, the heart of the movie. Uh, of course, Green Goblin, Spider-Man, Boondock Saints, and of course, Jesus in the Last Temptation of Christ, sure. directed by Martin Scorsese, and a, a veteran, an '80s revisited alumni, as we like to point out, as Keith David as King. Of course, they live in the thing. Great '80s actor. And then, if it wasn't awesome enough having Keith David, one of my favorite African-American actors, they had another one of my favorite African-American actors. Samuel L. Whitaker. Jackson. Oh, well, I don't, I don't <laughs> count deleted scenes. I know. He's this motherfucking shit is going yeah. down! <laughs> this motherfucking yellow man is coming at me! <laughs> if he was in that, I guess. Right. <laughs> but yeah, Forrest Whitaker was Big Harold. But you had a Forrest Whitaker impression off 
camera off. I was imitating, uh, <laughs> trying to imitate Ving Rains, but it came out as Forrest Whitaker. So <laughs> now I know how to, hey, imitate Forrest Whitaker. Okay. And in my mind, hmm, Ving Rains would talk like this. I'll do a Ving Rains impression. <laughs> I'll save y'all the embarrassment, or myself the embarrassment on actually. I'll get it recording. on like one day. Oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, Forrest Whitaker from Ghost Dog, the much maligned Battlefield Earth, but also Ghost the famous Dog. crying game. You, you laugh at that. Did you have you seen Ghost I Dog? I have not, but I remember the cover like way now, back in the day. No, I, I was the same way. Me and my brother, we went to a store like we we'd frequent a video store back in the day, as we've talked about before. Yeah. And uh, Stell Champs for me. We pretty mu- pretty much rented everything in this local Walker video store from where we were born. And uh, one day, we we always love martial arts movies, so on a whim, like let's just rent this. It looks ridiculous. It's an awesome movie. Wow. It's not. The cover's very misleading because it seems like it's going to be a really stupid urban action movie yeah, from the cover, exactly. which I agree completely with that analysis. But the movie is really good. Hmm. It's not what you think it is by looking at the cover. I own it. I went. I bought it after I saw it. Like <laughs> it's 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 really good. I, I recommend it. Uh, he's awesome in the movie, and it's good. It's a uh, Jim Jarmusch who also did Dead Man with Johnny Depp. Uh, it's, it's a it's a good movie. Uh, Ain't nobody got time for that. I always got time for Ghost Dog. <laughs> uh, and then Kevin Dillon was Bunny. Of course, he was in The Doors, uh, Poseidon. And he's in, I never, I don't watch Entourage, but he, I know he's got a pretty yeah. big role in that. Uh, and then a lot of people would also recognize Sergeant O'Neill, John C. McGinley, because uh, he's on Scrubs. Dr. He's Cox. also in The Rock and Seven. And a very early appearance of Johnny Depp as Lerner. Of course, everybody, I don't even need to tell you what Johnny Depp played in. Uh, and then, like I said, you got Keith David and Forrest Whitaker, two of my favorite African-American actors. And you throw in another one in a bit role, Tony Todd. That's Warren, the Candyman himself. Mm-hmm. Death from Final Destination. I love Tony Todd. He's awesome. Uh, and then to round it out, you have Dale Dye, uh, who is Captain Harris, my uh, uncle in the movie. Okay, mm. yeah, whatever. But uh, he was also in Vader's Mars, Casualties of War, and also born on the 4th of July. But Dale Dye's big claim to fame is he's a, he's a veteran, and he, he advises on all these war movies. He did uh, Platoon, he did Born on the 4th of July as an advisor as well. Uh, also, uh, the Mel Gibson, We Were Soldiers. Pretty much any kind of modern warfare movie. Right. Or modern as in, you know, even up to World War Two to today. Like, he... I don't know about many current movies as in, like, say, Zero Dark Thirty or Hurt Locker or anything like that. Three Kings. Any recent-type war movies. But a lot of the older, like, you know, Vietnam-era, Korean War, World War Two. he was always a military advisor. He would train the cast on how you act, how you do things. Hmm. So he's, uh, he's pretty famous. And you'd recognize him if you saw him, too. Uh... He, well, he was he's always he was in Private Ryan too he had like a role because he was the advisor on that I believe mm-hmm. he actually had an on camera role they usually kind of throw him in there like uh, to just scream some military jargon War Department the war. Colonel he was in Saving Private Ryan there we go yes I mean he probably just said like three lines like oh we have a blah 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 and a blah 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 Charlie Bravo Echo he's in Band of Brothers seven episodes mm-hmm. yeah he was uh, he was one of the like the main Colonel Robert yeah. Sink I've only seen that series once, but I remember he was. Yeah, he is definitely a typecast. Oh yeah, and he does a lot of. He also advises like for video games too, like uh, for the realism factor, or like you know this is how this battle played out. You know, of course you could always just get a book and just see the military <laughs> maps. The, I have a World War II atlas that shows all the offenses and all that, but it's always cool to hear from somebody who was almost there. Senior military advisor. There he has go. a lot of those titles. Oh yeah, but he's awesome. Yeah, and he's but he and he's the real deal. He's not like you know, I don't know. I can't think of a modern example because I don't think there is one or know of one. Someone makes it up, <laughs> pretty much. Michael Bay's like, pow, pow, that's not what happened. Pow, 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 bang, <laughs> uh, but the music in this uh, is Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings. 
you might know. I don't know if you've heard of that before, Jesse. I don't know if that's a famous piece. There's many adagios. Yeah, but uh, this one is. It's been used in other things too, but this is the movie. I mean, it, it's the dramatic cue in this movie. It pops up all the time when something dramatic's happening or when there's a quiet moment, you know. And you you recognize it when you hear it. But it's very it's very beautiful and very haunting, because and to me because of this movie, you know, it plays over when in the famous scene where Elias is getting shot. Spoilers, of course, because we're talking about an 80s movie. Everybody knows that. Oh, man. Oh, wait, you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have. You have seen it, right? No, I haven't seen it recently. Oh, but you have seen it before. I would think I have. Okay, so. Okay, because it's an awesome movie. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Daniel, have you ever seen Platoon before? Is this a virgin viewing for you? Yep. Okay, so go ahead. What did you think of Platoon? I thought it was okay. Okay. Like, it wasn't like a... It's not on the Shining level or anything mm-hmm. like that, but... I enjoyed it. I liked it more than last week's podcast, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, do you routinely... I know some people love war movies. I'm not a big war I'm movie. I'm not a huge war movie fan. I like certain ones about like mm-hmm. battles that I like, so to speak. Yeah. Or, you know, if there's a twist to them, like Full Metal Jacket, or I love this. This Platoon is my favorite war movie because of the story it's telling. Mm-hmm. But my, you know, Mine's Private Ryan, but mm-hmm. it's not that much different. When I, guess, I mean, this I one's Private more... Ryan's overrated. That's my opinion. I liked it. I, I mean, I, I, it. I only, it's a great movie, but I think mm-hmm. it's so... It's held... Because of the beach scene, it's held to a standard yeah. that it, it doesn't deserve. And, and that's that's the not the thing really that gets good. me. It's not... I don't really like the beach scene. Like, the one part that I really remember was when they already have Ryan, and mm-hmm. they're kind of sit there and chatting at where the big tower is and everything, yeah. waiting for the battle to start or to commence or whatnot. Just them talking, like that's the part that really got me on it. And then the uh, that pussy on that, sh- <laughs> well, I don't know his name. I know in real you're talking life. about, but he, uh, he he was in Lost. He played in Lost. Yeah, he always has like a little bit part. And every yeah. time he shows up, he's like, he's that motherfucker that, that didn't walk the stairs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, acting was good, and I enjoyed acting in Platoon. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, def- definitely, yeah. the dynamic between Berenger Defoe and Charlie Sheen is. I guess because I seen Berenger, I saw Berenger first in uh, Major League. I didn't really. He was one of my least favorite in this movie. Really? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I like Charlie Sheen. There was a couple of times that it felt like Charlie Sheen was a little bit acting, overacting, just a little oh, yeah. bit. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. never gonna defend it's Charlie so Sheen's acting. Then. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't, he's we, not like Willem Dafoe was awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, another guy that kind of. Overact. It was the uh, the black guy that Junior. Yeah, the one that put the stuff banana. on his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put the mosquito repellent on his feet. He was kind of overacting, but like uh, the rest of them, I thought was pretty good. Ra was was pretty good, mm-hmm. except for the end. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it's the right song. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, just making sure we didn't get through three minutes of playing it. And it's the wrong song. <laughs> That's that's exactly it. <laughs> I was trying to remember thing from the movie. No clue, the drug part was in it mm-hmm. like that. Like I was like, whoa, there's when, a little difference. Chris, when Charlie Sheen goes down, and yeah, they're all smoking. Up. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I didn't expect that. Like I didn't know. Uh, it was, like, put it your was, mouth on this. Yeah, there's a gun in his face. It was funny to see Keith David kind of in that type <laughs> of role. You know, when I think of him like in in Armageddon, for example. So was, serious yeah. and stern, and <laughs> he's in platoon, he's smoking pot. Yeah, I didn't expect that, but um, and Will- Willem Dafoe's face, like, yeah. like it has a close up of his huge ass chin. 
I don't know. That was funny to me, or definitely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't overly long. Yeah, I think like, it's. I think it, it's. It's, it's, like it's for the story it's telling. It's 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 never slow or anything. It's yeah. it moves at a good enough pace and gets to the point, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Yeah, which uh, Private Ryan. Right that's one of the things hours. I don't like about it. It mm-hmm. just seems there's there's so many. Again, I'm not hating on Private Ryan. I love the movie, but to me, it's just I think it's it's held to a standard that it doesn't deserve. Yeah, like it's it's like it's one of the greatest war films of all time. I don't think so. That's what I, that's where I'm coming at. So I don't think I'm like I don't like the movie, but there are parts in there that are just like I wish they take that part out. I wish they take that part out. Like the there's some though that were just fantastic. The oh, sniper I, I scene. Agree. I agree. I love that. My, shot. One of my favorite parts of the movie is where, where they get the wrong Private Ryan, and it's Nathan Fillion, <laughs> which is so awesome now because mm-hmm. I love Nathan Fillion because he's fam- you know we know where he's from now or he yeah. went on to do other. The things. random like, oh there's Ted Danson. Yeah, you know, like in Private Ryan, but. I thought it was okay. Again, I didn't think it was wonderful. I, I wouldn't yeah. watch it again immediately, but it's well, something. If I saw it on TNT one day or something, which you know, I might give it another shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not. I mean, well, I mean, go ahead. I mean, is that pretty much mm, something yeah. you're feeling? No, go ahead. Uh, like I said, Platoon's probably my favorite war movie because uh, I watched it a whole lot, especially when I had a Vietnam course in college, uh, and it really brings to life. The historical aspect for a variety of reasons, uh, which I get to in the trivia too. But I'll sum it up right now: is that uh, ba- Oliver Stone based nearly everything that happened on his own personal experience in Vietnam because he is a Vietnam veteran. Uh, the pot smoking scene, funny you mentioned that act like that was based on an actual thing. <laughs> the rape scene where uh, Matt Dillon, uh, not Matt Dillon, uh, Kevin Dillon, you know, bashes the dude, the kids, the poor kid's head in, and then like they're looking at the woman, and he's like breaking it up and everything like that was based on an actual incident that happened with Oliver Stone uh, in Vietnam so there's a lot of truth to the movie and I think it comes through really well to where like these because uh, let me put this way. the tagline on the front of the movie or on the poster is the first casualty of war is innocence and this entire movie is about Chris you can see the progression his, of Charlie exactly. Sheen's character and then the mm-hmm. genius of the way it's written with you have Elias and you have uh Barnes, it's two exactly the opposite. Yeah. One's the idealist, one's the realist, and you see Charlie Sheen gravitate one of those. to one, but then you know, he kind of sees Barnes' point of view, like the legend of Barnes. Nobody can kill Barnes, but Barnes, man. You know, he's this grizzled veteran. He knows his shit. He'll do whatever it takes to complete the mission to survive. You know, even if it means fucking over Elias or you know whatever. And then you know, then you see that character change for Charlie Sheen as he starts seeing. You know, Barnes has lost his humanity, whereas Elias still has that. You know, he's fight, he's doing the right thing when they're when they're about to execute the people in the village. Shade, it's just like my, the real story of my lie, which I think I mentioned on the podcast briefly uh, on a previous episode. I think I might be mistaken, but uh, we're about to execute. And he comes in there and he sets shit straight. You know, like what are you doing? You know, you can't kill these people. Blah blah. blah. Like Elias is the he's basically the. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to sum it up in a way, but now I'm confusing myself and as to how to explain <laughs> it's like, it. It's like he's the moral compass of the movie. You you see sometimes where you'll a TV show and they have the the devil on one shoulder yeah. and the that and, and that's that's, that's pretty much how it is. And that's why I just love the dynamic of this movie and it's written so well. It plays out so well to where you know you see this. You basically see a blank slate in Charlie Sheen come into this hell on earth, and there, he sees the best. Of people when he sees the worst, and he's he doesn't know which way to go till, you know, seventy five percent of the way through the movie, where he realizes like no like you can't you know you're, I'm I'm changed but I don't have to accept it so to speak. 
I, you know, that's why he, Elias becomes his hero, basically, or he, you know, he follows that path. You know, if he goes to the light side and doesn't follow Barnes down the dark side, in a sense. So the dynamic of this movie, the way how it, how it sets that up, that that battle and that conflict, uh, it's it's just so well done. And like normally in a movie, you know, you have to have a Darth like he's a Star Wars reference. You have to have a visual Darth Vader. You know, like I am a bad person, I am the bad. Then you have to have the noble Obi Wan, who's con- you know, visually they're different. Like these dudes both look like they could, either one of them could you know, kick your ass and. Of course, Barnes has a scar, but I mean, that, that's just... Uh, but then the comparative differences between them and the spats that they have are so awesome and like acted so well when they're like playing against each other, just arguing back and forth like, no, like, you know, fuck you, Elias, you know, this is what's going to happen. They're like, no, this is wrong, blah, blah, blah. The dynamic there is just so intense and like it feels like it, when, when you're actually with some... It was a group of friends and there's an argument that happens, you're, you know, when I'm at least... when I Even when I watch it, I know the movie, it's just like, wow, it's like done so well because like... It's awkward, you know, like what, you know, what to do, like, and, and they're in like the fact that, you know, they're privates and their sergeants are arguing here and in, in their platoon. And it's like, there's a division of leadership, you know, and you see some of them gravitate towards Barnes, like, and with, uh, McGinley, like being the biggest brown nose from the history of cinema, uh, Barnes's ass. Uh, and then you see, you know, more of them that gravitate, like Keith David, uh, like Johnny Depp. Yeah. Go. He's in that. Yeah. It's playing the guitar. I think, uh, in that scene, uh, gravitate towards Elias and there's, I don't keep repeating myself, but I mean, that's to me is what makes this my favorite war movie is because it's not necessarily about atrocities or, or, you know, being in war. It's about what war does to somebody personally. And it's shown on screen through the two sergeants. Hmm. And that's to me why I absolutely, this is my favorite, war, like I said, my favorite war movie. Uh, Private Ryan, again, not to hate on it, but I mean, that would be my top five, most definitely. My next favorite would probably be Full Metal Jacket under this. Uh, and most people, you know, tune out from Full Metal Jacket, which we'll, we'll do on the podcast too. But I'll briefly sum it up. The first part, the first half of Full Metal Jacket, and it's Cooper <laughs> too, so you'll probably love it. Yeah. The first half is a different movie from the second half. Yep. But, and like most people will turn it off or tune out after the first half. But, and, it, and that's a disservice to the movie because the second half of the movie is, is even better than the first half. Because again, uh, you're much like Platoon, you're following a progression of a person and you're seeing how it affects somebody. Mm-hmm. Although Full Metal is a little less optimistic in a sense, to whereas Platoon's Chris still has hope, like he hasn't gone fully to the dark side, so to speak, or anything like that. So it's they're really great films that go deep into a character. Where I think Private Ryan, and that's why I like it more than Private Ryan, because Private Ryan's more like like Tom Hanks sums it up. My mission is to find Ryan and get him home. That's my mission. And that's it. And they're yeah, basically and he doesn't I mean, change. Yeah, they're still developed as characters. I mean, like, you know, their dedication to their goal and to their fellow soldier is all you know, that that's an awesome dynamic, but it's not it's not the psychological, the the deeper meaning of how war changes somebody, as you see in Platoon and Full Metal Jacket, which were released the same year in both eighties movies. Uh so that's my rundown of Platoon. So <laughs> anything to add or anything we get on the trivia? You give it a score? Pretty much. We'll just score at the end. Score at the end. Okay. Uh, But this was was interesting. The role of Chris was originally offered to Kyle MacLachlan. I'm trying to think what you might know him from the Twin Peaks TV show. He was in Dune. He's on How I Met Your Mother as the captain, the best character on the show, (laughs) in my opinion. Uh, And I love Kyle MacLachlan. He's a great actor. Uh, And I think he would have been good in this role. I would have liked to have seen. I wouldn't, you know, of course, we talk about how it would be cool to see different versions with different people. 
uh, and a lot of the time it seems like a stark difference, like, oh, Schwarzenegger being in Princess Bride instead of Andre the Giant, that's a stark difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to me, like, a a choice like this seems really good. Like, that could have been really, that would have worked as well uh, because you're getting a a good actor. Now, however, uh, they also approached Keanu Reeves, and he turned it down. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah, that would have been. Whoa, Barnes. Whoa. War is bogus. Totally. <laughs> What's that? The dude that played Ra is dead. Oh, I didn't know that. Recently, too. August 5th, 2011. Who are we talking about? Francisco Quinn. Oh, we're talking about Platoon here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever Sorry. watched Platoon, Jesse? What do you say? It's, it's been, been a long, long time. time. Okay. I've seen uh, Full Metal Jacket like couple months ago but yeah it's been a while for platoon and and full metal jacket is definitely like i mean you have to compare the two because they came out around the same time they're both phenomenal films same genre sort of like that deep impact armageddon scenario or volcano dante's peak thing (laughs) uh but both of these films are fantastic but definitely if you have platoon on one channel and full metal jacket on the other even though i I think i like platoon better i'm gonna watch full metal jacket it's more rewatchable it's i mean especially that first part yeah i mean it's it's a comedy for the first half, and then it's Lee a Army. dark war movie. Oh yeah, the army, right? Hmm. That's what I mean. That's that's the role. That's what made mm-hmm. him famous was Full Metal Jacket. That's why he's on Mail Call. Best Everybody knows his yourself, name. or I will go down. Oh, I can't wait till we do that one because <laughs> we can quote that the whole time. The intro for that one's going to be epic. <laughs> Actually, it's probably just going to be him talking the whole time because it's awesome. But uh, yeah, uh, and again, and you have two masters, master directors as far as Stone with Platoon and then Stanley Kubrick on Full Metal Jacket. I mean, imagine, you know, The Shining's Kubrick's horror, horror movie and then you have his war movie with Full Metal Jacket. And every movie that he does, because 2001 sci-fi, he has made one of the best sci-fi movies, he's made one of the best horror movies, he made one of the best war movies. And pretty much every genre he touches that he's done because he was so selective with his roles and he put so much thought into it, they're just all amazing. But, uh, yeah, thank God Keanu Reeves was not... Platoon in any capacity. I like Keanu Reeves, but I mean he's not, not not in a not in this kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, and Has it st- been in a war movie before? Mm, I can't think of one. Yeah. I mean, The Matrix. There was a war, but it yeah. was a, a future war, a war yeah. against the machines. But um, <laughs> uh, Stone, Oliver Stone, he actually considered casting Depp in the lead role, hmm. but uh, he felt that he was too young at the time, and he was pretty. He was unknown, of course. Uh, but Stone did was quoted as saying that he saw that Depp would one day possibly be a huge star, and he was one of the f- first filmmakers to introduce Johnny Depp. You know, would use him in a movie mm-hmm. next to Wes Craven in Nightmare, uh, which was interesting. And this was pretty funny too. Uh, originally, Charlie Sheen turned down the role for Chris because he felt that he, he himself was too young to play this kind of character, uh, and um, hit no, none other than his older brother Emilio Estevez was offered the part but the project at that time fell apart due to financial difficulties with the uh, getting it uh, producers lining it up and then two years later when they finally got the green light uh, Estevez was committed to something else but Charlie felt he was able to be able to perform the role now so naturally that's why he ended up being Chris accepting the role I should say and this was pretty interesting. Again, I talked about how it'd be. I wouldn't mind. I could see Kyle McLaughlin being Chris. Excuse me. Uh, but the uh, the role of Barnes was originally offered to none other than Kevin Costner. Eighties mm. Kevin Costner. <laughs> so I could definitely see that as well. But here's the kicker: originally it's supposed to be opposite of him as Elias was Jeff Bridges. 
That would have been awesome. Yeah. Those I could see those two being those kind of characters. Uh, because of their other work where they've been similar roles and like again, like if, if Platoon would have been released with McLaughlin, Costner and Bridges, I think it still would have been as good as it was, best picture. I don't think there would have been a stark difference in the quality of the actors because even the one of course not not a disservice to the ones who were in it, but those were other really good choices for the roles that they were looking for. Uh, and speaking of Dale Dodd, uh, as a military advisor, he made all the actors commit to a 14-day boot camp in the Philippines before they started shooting. Uh, it was full, like, military regimen. They had, they had a military haircut. Uh, they had to stay in character throughout the camp. <laughs> uh, they only ate military rations. They were not allowed to shower. They slept in the jungle, and they even had to do night watch rotations. So they had the full... <laughs> thing like you know of course even though they knew no one was going to attack exactly. you know, <laughs> that's the exact thought process that went through my head like you know oh that'd be awesome i thought if i'm staying up that's the only f- part that would not be appealing because like uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, you know, unless nothing. they told you like a guy with a paintball gun is gonna attack yeah, that's, one nowadays night. that's what they try to yeah. they might actually do that to give them that uh that realism or shake it up a bit which would be awesome uh and then uh I'm doing a war movie then, and y'all like gonna run through this camp for a couple. <laughs> well, of weeks. I was gonna say, oh, if uh, if Daniel Day Lewis was in the movie, he'd have just gone and done that himself because he's a method actor. Yeah, he'd like, actually enlisted in the military and then came back. Where's DDL at? Oh, he's uh, actually, he's, he's in the jungle, like painted up, <laughs> like uh, in Walking Dead when uh, Daryl kind of went native for a bit when he fell off his horse. I thought you were gonna say uh, Ben Stiller and uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it worked. That, that's the same thing. <laughs> I hear I do three sold-out performances a night. I'm not going back. I have a son. I love that movie. God, that movie's so great. Uh, now that you, put, I keep seeing scenes from that movie in my head. So yeah, it's hard yeah. to focus right now. Uh, well, you mentioned how you the smoking dope scene caught you off guard. Here's a bit of trivia behind that. All the actors in that scene actually lit up before that scene. But by the time they got around to actually filming it, their high kind of wore off, and they were all feeling they were all kind of sick of their stomach by then. Hmm. So that's why they're kind of all, you know, it's a little overacting, or they, they to me it, they seem a little more drunk than high. Yeah. But they, this is the foe is quoted as saying like, "Yeah, we smoked up beforehand for the scene, and then by the time we got to actually shooting it, we all were just hungry and nauseous." <laughs> so, which is funny. As I mentioned before, uh, it was based on Stone's personal experience in the war uh, and it was based on a screenplay that he actually finished in 76 so 10 years later obviously after a two year pre- uh, an eight year previous delay for two years it actually got made uh, and the like I guess I mentioned the rape scene was based on an actual event and this was in, this was pretty badass in a TV interview Charlie Sheen said that Keith David actually saved his life during one scene while shooting in the Huey, the heli- which is a helicopter, you know, they have the, the, the doors open on both sides, which have always, since a kid, I never would want to ride in one of those things. Because, <laughs> again, you see the movies, you know, the dudes are just sitting there. They ain't holding on to nothing. Yeah. And that copter's banking and all that. <laughs> and which and that happened to Charlie Sheen. Uh, anyway, uh, they, the Huey pitched, uh, and he was, it, or excuse me, it didn't pitch, it banked, because that's right, right. left or right. And uh, it banked too hard, and Sheen was kind of fell towards the door. And Keith David grabbed him by the back and pulled him back in and saved his life. <laughs> so Keith David's a ba- he's the he's the Hugh Jackman at the Oscars wow, yeah. this year, <laughs> but in '86 on a Huey helicopter. Uh, Except Jennifer Lawrence did trip and fall yeah. to her death. I'd much rather save Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> than Charlie Sheen. I let him fall to save her. She wasn't at risk of dying either. You know. Well, 
of embarrassment, but she handled herself extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this was this is really cool. Uh, with Platoon being made, uh, Oliver Stone became the first Vietnam veteran ever to direct a major motion picture about the Vietnam War. He was already the first Vietnam veteran to win an Oscar, which was for uh, Midnight Express, I believe it was for his screenplay. Uh, and he also became the first Vietnam vet to win an uh, award for Best Director, which was for this movie as well. And as of 2010, he's the last veteran of any war to win an Oscar for Best Director other than Clint fucking Eastwood, who served in the Army during the Korean War, but he never actually went. He was serving, but he never went, uh, never saw combat. Hmm. But he was enlisted hmm. in the military at the time. So he's the only other veteran, direct, like literally uh, armed service veteran to ever win an Academy Award for directing. Of course, several actors have won that served, like Jimmy Stewart was in the military, and I believe he won yeah, John Wayne. Uh, not always more of those classic actors, yeah. you know, back in the day. Nowadays, kids just get out of high school and go straight to... Uh, the big screen. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, in 2007, AFI, the American Film Institute, ranked this film as the 86th greatest movie of all time, which if I had a list of 100 movies, it would definitely be on there. It would probably be higher than 86 to me. Uh, you mentioned Full Metal Jacket, but this is one of three Vietnam-based films that released within nine months of each other between 86 and 87, of course, the other one was Full Metal Jacket, and the other one was Hamburger Hill, which it's all right. I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, but it's definitely the third best of the three. I want a hamburger now. And <laughs> those make me hungry. I would, you know, you're all sitting on a hill. I always like, where's the hamburger? Yeah, it's like they're just eating the ground. Like, um, 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 um. that's not ketchup. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. But, <laughs> but uh. I believe I mentioned before when, when we did The Thing, how The Thing was part of John Carpenter's Apocalypse, and I did air quotes there for everybody who can't see me, uh, trilogy, which The Thing, They Live, I mean, I'm sorry, The Thing, In the Mouth of Madness, and Prince of Darkness all deal with end-of-the-world scenarios. It's sort of a trilogy of his movies. They're not officially necessarily a trilogy that continue a continuation. But um, Platoon is part of Oliver Stone's Vietnam trilogy, and they do have subtle ties to each other in the, in the sense of certain actors being in each one. The other two are, of course, Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise, and then the other one is called Heaven and Earth with Tommy Lee Jones, which that movie's I didn't like that movie. It's basically about a Vietnamese girl during the war, and like she meets Tommy Lee Jones and falls in love and comes to America, and it's culture shock. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what that movie's about. So, different premise. It's not necessarily a bad movie. It's just you know when you watch Born on the Fourth of July or Platoon, and then that's kind of like part of that same universe. It just it's such a different film. It's a drama, a pure like. Not a, I mean, Platoon's a drama, too, but it's a war drama. Whereas Heaven and Earth's more like just a drama. Hmm. But, uh, all right, here we go. Body count. I'll give you a hint. It's less than Star Wars, including Alderaan. Just throw a number out. 85. Higher. 128. Mm, higher. 139. Significantly higher. Oh. 256. Too, too, way too high. <laughs> Double your original. Uh, I forgot. Uh, 170. Close. 160. Mm. On screen deaths. Damn. Now, who do you think are the two deadliest people in this film? Number one is one of the characters with 12 kills, and the second one is 10. Who are the top two killers? Beringer, one of them? He is one. Which one? 12 or 10? 10. Got it. Now, who killed more people than Tom Berenger in this movie? AIDS. 
let me think. Venereal disease. Venereal. <laughs> Let's just sum it up in that. Overdose. <laughs> That's a good one, Trey. I was surprised when I saw who it was. I didn't think it was that many. Is it Charlie? Mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen, twelve kills in the movie. <laughs> I would have, mm-hmm. I would have guessed, like, if had that question been asked me, I would have guessed Berenger in the lies. Mm-hmm. That I wouldn't have guessed Charlie Sheen because it doesn't seem like he actually. He started liking him it when at you, the end. You know, yeah, when you think about it, like yeah. the more you think about it, you remember more of him in combat, like especially when he goes with Elias and they have that whole scene where Elias gets separated, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, did win Best Picture, Best Director, deservingly so. Uh, and Berenger won Golden Globe for Best Supporting. And him and Defoe were nominated, kind of similar to this past year where for the Golden Globes, for Django, Waltz, and DiCaprio were both nominated. Wasn't uh, Oscar, wasn't, was Goodman nominated along with Arkin for Argo? Oh, no, just uh, Alan Arkin. Okay. Goodman okay. wasn't nominated. I, I thought Goodman he, was nominated. I mean, I, I mm. wouldn't, he should have been. That movie was superb. Mm. I'm surprised, that, I, honestly, I was surprised Ben Affleck wasn't nominated. Because even if South Park, yeah. who have ragged on him since episode one or whenever he they first introduced him to have an episode where they say where Butters pretty much says yeah I didn't like Ben Affleck but Arco was really good he's like really talented uh, where Trey and Matt Trey Parker and Matt Stone like basically say like this dude's awesome now I don't know which, if, if what the wives think but she said that's the best that he's looked as well Perry said that our friend Perry's like because <laughs> uh, same thing he watched yeah. Argo and he's like oh like yeah and he, that look he had was so cool I'm like yeah. okay yeah that's what Andrew said that's the best that Affleck's looked I don't know. Some no, the the main reason I didn't like Ben Affleck at first, Ben Affleck at first, was because of his role as Shannon in Mallrats. He was he's such <laughs> a douche dick. in that yeah. movie. I hated him. But he and did of course his part. He did, and he yeah. did do anything. I mean, of course, Good Will Hunting. Uh, and he was actually he wasn't bad in Daredevil. Daredevil is a terrible movie, but him and Colin Farrell did good in it. Uh, for their respective roles, in my opinion. They don't deserve any kind of acting awards, but yeah. I'm a Carlin Farrell fan to begin with, as I've said before. That's why I like Ben Affleck's speech at the mm-hmm. Oscars, you know, saying don't hold grudges, because yeah. he has a lot of people he could be holding grudges against <laughs> for that true. whole Geely thing and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's lost a lot of movies over that, and that's yeah. why he's just keep on rolling, keep on rolling. But uh, I think the the best thing he ever did was go behind the camera. Gone, baby, gone. Uh, yeah. The town. The town. Uh, and Argo. I mean, he's directed three great great movies and I never he would have been one of the least yeah. people I would have at least have least expected to kind of go the Eastwood route you would have thought Damon would have did that more than him out of them too just from the way they present like yeah. the roles that Damon has played in he's played yeah. in much more serious dramatic roles like Hereafter was that Mr. Ripley also being yeah. action hero with uh, Bourne. Jason Bourne yeah what was that oh Green Zone or whatever when Green was, Zone yeah. yeah you know still a uh, Damon's director. much more serious but Affleck's, you know, Victus, he, yeah. yeah, that was a really good movie. Like Eastwood, mm-hmm. again. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Need you say more about that? Mm. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Made me feel like a tributary thing of Platoon. But in the real world, again, this released on the uh, Christmas Eve, nineteen eighty-six, the day before the Voyager. We talked about Challenger last week. Uh, but the Voyager completes its first non-stop circumnavigation of the Earth by air without refueling, and it only took them nine days, three minutes, and 44 seconds to go around the world. So eat that, Jules Verne. Fucking hot air balloon. <laughs> Apparently around tonight, the days. You know, the night that we're recording this, you're supposed to be able to see the International Space Oh, really? In our hemisphere or whatever? Yeah. 
I have I have an app that's supposed to like alert me when that alert shit happens, you. and it never does. <laughs> I always find out the day after, like, oh, there was a meteor shower last night. I think and... it's heavens-above.com shows all that stuff. You like when you could see meteors. And stuff. I think it's either called Icon or or Icor something like. There's a comet in November that's coming by that you can see with the naked eye. A awesome. comet. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Well, according to this, it doesn't look. I, I checked this website earlier, uh, heavensabove.com, and the path that was over Louisiana, now it looks like they shifted. Yeah, now it's going over Hawaii. <laughs> they shifted, like, We're, we don't want to go there. Yeah, I'm like... They have guns. <laughs> <laughs> We're only 220 miles away. They, yeah, nah. yeah. <laughs> it's so weird when you think of it in that distance. I know. Like, but it's just not up, far. It's like, yeah. that's not far, but it's... 220 miles. Is, yeah. yeah. Yet when you look at a star and it's billions, millions of miles <laughs> yeah, away, it's yeah, like you're seeing the past. Christ. That's all you see. Yeah, yeah. that's our Delor- the sky is our Delorean, <laughs> in a sense. But yeah, uh, score wise, Daniel, what would you what would you give Platoon? I'd give it about a six five. Really? That low? Yeah. Not that's actually oh, not that not low, low on your scale. Yeah, yeah, scale. But I would have I would have guessed a little above seven. average for me. Yeah. yeah. Now as now as a comparison, what would you say just off the top of your head? Save it, Brian Ryan. Would you say by comparison to Platoon, like about an eight five? Maybe. Okay, so about a two point difference yeah. on your scale. But again, one point. Yeah. You said eight five, right? Yeah. But oh, I said you six, six five. five. Oh, okay, thanks six five. Also, uh, a huge Tom Fink- Hanks fan. Yeah. you know that. Oh, so, I agree. I mean, yeah. there's nothing again. There's nothing wrong with any of the uh, acting and yeah. Robert nobody, Ryan, nobody. Just... I've never been a huge Willem Dafoe fan because he doesn't bother me. But like, he's not like Matthew Broderick like bother me type. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I've never. I like Charlie Sheen just because of some of his funny things, the hot shots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there wasn't no actor that I loved in this movie or, or that I. Oh, you seen Boondock Saints? No, not really. No. Uh, we might have to have what, like a special like '80s, '90s month or something <laughs> where we change it to '90s revisit and do like Fight Club, Boondock Saints. That was my first big Willem Dafoe experience. Was Boondock Saints? That was. I uh, never watched it. Yeah. Well, the first, the two movies that I always loved him in when I was younger than I am today are <laughs> Platoon and <laughs> Last Temptation of Christ because like those are extremely I mean yeah. he plays he plays Jesus in Vietnam and then he plays the real Jesus <laughs> uh, and again two of the most two of my they, both of those movies would be in my top 50 at least Last Temptation would probably be in my top 10 maybe even uh, but he's he's such a great actor and now he's he does seem to, like nowadays he's a little more typecast so to speak but then to come back or not to come back but to then have another iconic role with uh, Smecker and Boondock Saints. Just awesome. And I think that's what kind of... It was sort of like... His, Boondock Saints was sort of his Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like Travolta. Like kind of... Oh yeah, Willem Dafoe's still alive and he's fucking creepy looking and awesome. Yeah. Oh, he was great and uh, I hate the movie but him he was awesome in it. Uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I don't... That, okay, that movie is good one time. Like, I can never watch that movie again because it's so boring. I really don't like that movie. But, like, when I got to the end, I was like, and they see the fish that he was trying to see or whatever. I was like, oh, Spoiler that was a good moment. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, and then, but then the whole part with Defoe, like, his attitude. And he's like the German dude, and Wilson just, like, smacks him. It's, he, 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 he made me keep watching that movie. So, but Willem Dafoe's one of my favorite actors. So... But I mean, not taking away from Tom Hanks and like the acting in Private Ryan is phenomenal. Sizemore, everybody, Ed Burns, 
Although you don't really see him too much I, yeah, anymore. Yeah, I thought he would be bigger. Well, well, that's mm. one thing about that movie. Uh, after it happened, there was a big deal. Like, oh, Ed Burns is like the next. You know, he's like the next mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. He's the next big thing. And he did a he did like she's the one, and you see him every now and then. But he didn't really he's a good do, looking dude. You know, like he's got a good, a good actor. He, like, he, honestly, you know. I think I think he went. Uh, I think he went away and turned into Ben Affleck. He's like Buff Bagwell for wrestling. <laughs> I thought that dude would be huge. Well, every, uh, again, yeah. like seriously, everybody did. And he got cast in that movie because I think he, he did a short film or he did something that Spielberg saw and wanted him, mm. and he, Spielberg picked him to be in the movie. Uh, and that's how he got, you know, because yeah. I, I remember there was an interview with him where he said, like, you know, I was just doing this short film, and then now I look to my left and there's Steven Spielberg. I look to my right, there's Tom Hanks. I look over there, there's Matt Damon and Tom Sizemore. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and then that's it. That's all he's done. I mean, not uh, that's not all he's done, but he's he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of pulled a Meg Ryan, I guess you know, in a sense. Uh, but yeah, for me, Platoon's an easy nine point five. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's my favorite war movie. It has to be up, you know, to rank it to say it's my favorite. It'd be a nine point five, and by comparison, Full Metal Jacket would be like a fraction of a point less than that. That's how good I hold. Yeah. I think they are. It's just Platoon is just tells Platoon hits home I think more so to somebody who you know who under who when you when you're paying attention to that the ideal ideal realism idealism realism path like you like you kind of broke it down with the angel on one shoulder the devil on the other and that aspect of this movie to me cuz I think anybody can relate to that whereas Full Metal Jacket is is more so about the horror war and just how how I mean, it's about a whole. Full Metal Jacket's about a lot more than what it shows, because of the first half and then the second half. Whereas this just tells like war. Basically, the message of Platoon is war is going to fuck you up. It's up to you whether you give into it or you you maintain some essence of yourself and humanity through it. Like you know, when John Rambo went to Vietnam, he might have served under Elias because he came back a good guy. He didn't come back like Bond, <laughs> you know, like uh, Murdoch kind of did. You never know yeah. if if he went with Barnes, he might not came back. Probably he, he wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I th- that to me, that's what, that's the, that path led to destruction. Mm. And of course, again, spoilers. I mean, what's what does he end up doing? Symbolically, he kills Barnes. Yep. You know, mm. that mean you know, but in a, uh, I, I listened to the episode before last, and I said you know like twenty times. So I apologize <laughs> to our listeners. So I'm 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 trying to be mindful of how many times I said it. And I said it like twice in a row right there. But um, it's symbolic because he kills Barnes. Now, would Elias kill Barnes? No, but it's. Thematically, to me, it's I'm although I'm becoming the thing I hate. It's for the right reason. Like you deserve this, so you don't change. That you don't fuck up somebody else, like you did me and some of the other people here. So that's my analysis of Platoon. But again, like my favorite war movie, one of my favorite '80s movies, highly deserving of Best Picture. Uh, and again, like it's it's a it's one uh, like Ferris Bueller's like last week. You know, it's. It's kind of famous for certain scenes, and of course in Platoon, it's the cover of the freaking movie. It's the cover of the poster, with Elias holding his hands up as he's getting shot. And that shot is so amazing, where like he's he does that, the helicopter flies over as he falls, mm-hmm. and the the adagio for strings is blaring. It's such a powerful moment in cinema, and the shot from the helicopter where you see him running. There's like that, twenty VC chasing him. That's the what I took more than the actual him doing that. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it, it's like almost like Forrest Gump to compare it to Forrest Gump. But, you know, he's running from him, and, yeah. you know, he gets shot, like, once, and he keeps gets up, he gets shot again, he gets his ass kicked, unfortunately, and then, you know, he falls. But that was actually, I didn't write the exact picture down, but, uh, to reference it, but that was, that scene, that shot was actually based on a famous Vietnam picture. 
Yeah. I don't know if it was a dude actually getting shot. I didn't research it too much, but I do remember hearing that. So huh. Wikipedia, if you want to find out the true story on that. But uh, back to the future for this week. Here's what I want to talk about because I think it's stupid. I don't know. Now, of course, we're recording this two weeks before it actually comes out. But recently on Facebook, there's been all these little memes like, think of a movie that doesn't have the letter S in it. To me, that's fucking stupid. That's not hard. My favorite movie. Yeah, Willow doesn't have an S. <laughs> Die Hard, Rocky, Rambo. My favorite comedy. Why is that a meme? I don't know. So people like eight people have posted over the past like two weeks. Like I block a lot of people. On yeah, Facebook. well I know. Yeah, you do. So you probably haven't seen it. But I mean, like every every other day, it's somebody posting like name or, without or an the, S in it. After little three plus three times three oh, minus God. three plus three. But I mean, oh, yeah, name a movie stuff. without an I S in it. That. S isn't a fucking necessary component, you know, <laughs> right. for a title. That's, here's here's how you here's how you like make people think. Name a movie without a vowel in it. Now that's hard. Now you got to think. Uh, VHS. JFK. There you go. See, it's, you got to go with the abbreviation route. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, so there's it's a not, movie named Rhythm. Rhythm has a Y, but yeah. Not a, that that's not a, a Y is only a vowel in certain situations. Yeah. So I would count that <laughs> if so, that movie exists. Now the real thing should you know the only way to really like make it hard that whole this whole little thing about name movie doesn't have an S in the name you have to find the longest movie title without an S. Now I don't do any research, but here's the one I had I thought of: Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> there we go. That's a lot of letters. So, wait a second. What about? I got it beat. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Bam! Nail me coffin. Yeah. What about the? Uh... The Wonder Emporium one. What's the full title of that? Oh, um, what's the first doctor's name? Uh, shoot, I don't know. What was the other one we were trying to think of? That's Doctor Doctor Parnassus, Parnassus, which has the yeah, but it's something Emporium. Oh, Platoon doesn't have a fucking S in it. That's that's the long one I'm thinking of too. Mr. Magorium's. Oh, oh, it has an S in his name. Yeah. Even so, I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is much longer. Big Trouble in Little China. Big Pretty Trouble. Good. Like, that, that's, that's why I just want to talk a, about it, because it's stupid. It's not, like, a hard thing. Mm. I would know, say, like, name a movie title, the longest one you can think of that doesn't have repeat letters. Yeah. That would be tough. Yeah. <laughs> Willy Wonka's out. Yep. Mm. Wait, we could be here, okay? Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> the Quick Brown Fox drops over so the should make a movie called Quick. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the longest one. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I'm trying to think of anything duplicated in that. Eyes. Oh, yeah. You're talking about back-to-back or in it, period? In it, like, period. In it at all. Different letters. Okay. Yeah. With the Heart with the Vengeance doesn't Like, work. the it's... longest title would be 26 letters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ABCD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so, it. So I already know there's no 26. Yeah, 26 so is be the shorter. max. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. That would be the longest Yeah, but title. to me, like, when you ask somebody, Nate, like, that to me, that's like some, some like person who thinks they know a lot of movies. <laughs> Name a movie doesn't have an S in it. That's such <laughs> yeah, like a that's, that's such a bro level question, like or like you know third grade question. That's there's that's not difficult. Yet you see these. I, saw, I know you didn't see him, Jesse. <laughs> right. The because uh, you know people share shit and you know and at first you have to think for a second, but when you once you start thinking, it's it's easy. I wish you could on Facebook kind of a little bit off could block people from sharing stuff yeah like i don't mind them posting like hey, i had a good day i did this and this 
but I get so many shares from certain people that I don't mm-hmm. care about. And it's about. the same thing. Like, I'll, I follow George Takei because he yeah. posts some awesome, funny shit. But then guess what? Like, four other people share his stuff. Like, oh, in case you're yeah. not friends with George Takei, here's what he posts earlier. And Why can't you just share- go to this person that you're talking about and then say, I don't want to get whatever they share? Yeah. I wish you had that option on Facebook. Maybe you do. I just don't. Or like at when- the same time, you just scroll fast. <laughs> I mean, that's... But it's so easy. aggravating. Like, no, you just don't have to see it anymore yeah. once you once you change it. There are it. days when I'm bored at work, and I swear to God, when I see the same thing pop up three times, that infuriates me. Yeah. I'm like, God, really? And that's why I block so much. <laughs> the well, only I ones the, I if see... I block the people we're talking about, I, I wouldn't even need to get on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, ones, the only thing that show up is if they get three like, or more likes, yeah, I think something is what that's, it is. But then again, then it. Oh. Well, then again you, know, you have yeah. people that have... Never mind. You know, people that care that whose friend friend uh, number on Facebook is equivalent to their penis size. You know, five hundred friends. Like, they're obviously gonna get five likes. Or do, do you have the one no, where not any of my friends? The, I, don't have I can't, to worry about I can't that. stand. It pisses me off. Uh, he really meant it, everybody. You yeah. should have seen Daniel's face. I got yeah. scared. I'm doing. A, I'm doing a friend cut. Let's see if you make the. Oh uh, 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 yeah. Get rid if of If you me. read this, you're, <laughs> consider yourself lucky. Consider yourself lucky. Yeah. That's oh, so... I'm so blessed. That's, <laughs> God, that's so uh, egotistical in a way when you think yeah. about it. Like, yeah. I'm going to post that I'm I'm getting rid of my friends. Are, are y'all good well, enough? Well, here's my opinion. You know, this one is, of our listeners does that. I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> These are just pet peeves. It's not a reflection of you as a person. We just disagree with your philosophy of Facebook. Right. Like, I try so hard to stay under 100 friends, but the people on my Facebook are people I actually know or I, I actually have a reason to have them on there to where I communicate with them. Like, for example, for my birthday, like, uh, last month, I have, like, 100, I can't remember the exact number, but a ratio of, like, 70% of my friends wish me happy birthday. You know, you see what I'm saying? Whereas you've had these people that got, like, 400 friends. I took them out to eat, folks. Yeah, and that, it was awesome. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Delicious. Now I'm even more hungry. I'm talking about Hamburger Hill. Hamburger now, Buffalo Hill. Wild Wings. God. I'm going to go get some, some wings on Hamburger Hill. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like, I don't know. Again, we're kind of getting a little, well, it's all relevant to Facebook and just yeah. random shit, but yeah. don't, look, look, people. If you're going to post something, make it worthwhile. Post, post, think of a movie without a fucking vowel in it. Make people really think. Another That's thing, like a college level, level question. Real, real quick, nothing I don't like is my day has been so bad. Dot dot dot. <laughs> no details. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, exactly. Okay. Then what are the no, first no, 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 ten no. responses? Oh my god, what happened? Yeah. Call if you need me. Oh god, you know, same. It's like or I've actually seen this. My day's been so bad. Dot dot dot. Uh, no, no response. You see no comments. Twenty minutes later. Well, what the fuck is up with people now? Oh, yeah. Not somebody who does that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, who does that? Give me initials or something. No, no. No. I I wish, like, I could be Facebook, like, to where, like, somebody posts something like that, and then, like, in big red letters above it, I put, like, this is a cry for help, or attention whore. (laughs) (laughs) I can create the matrix. You wish each Facebook status had a thought bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Please pay attention to me. I have low self-esteem. What was she thinking when she wrote this? What was he thinking when... <laughs> that's what you would put. 
And then like I mean, that is what Facebook is though. I mean, I'm, I'm just scrolling no, through and it some, right now. Some of it doesn't. A, a lot of it doesn't bother I, me. There at are all. some people that post some like shit that I wouldn't know about unless I saw mm-hmm. it on Facebook. Like uh, like well for today for example, there was a fucking killer shark attack in New Zealand, mm-hmm. which to me it was big news because the pictures showed like these dudes in boats fucking lighting up the water with semi-automatic weapons. I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. I'm like, this is a scene out of Jaws. Like people should see this. This is this is mm-hmm. newsworthy to me. You know. And then there's like. Uh, 50 posts of the fucking, you know, walrus meme or whatever is the popular theme right now. You know, like, I'm, just, I'm making, I don't, there isn't a walrus one right now. I'm just using that as an example. But Grumpy if there was cat. a, if there was a lonely walrus, you know, lonely walrus is sad. Well, they had that walrus meme like a long time ago, like the bucket. Do you remember that one, Jesse? Like, I has a bucket. Oh. And like, it was the whole uh. series of like this walrus finding his bucket. Those were actually funny because they told a story. Like, yeah, the grumpy cat thing, and then, like, the other cat where it has, like, the whiskers where he looks like he's from the Civil War. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, it's funny. It was funny, like, the first time. Oh, this cat has, looks like he's grumpy. Now it's everything. Lately, I've been getting the uh, Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake history of rap on, on Fallon. Seen I've seen it. that it came a couple out a long times. Time ago. It came out a while ago. Really? I liked the video. awesome. Like, they do a really good job, but it, that was a while back. That, and oh, mm. there you go, the Willy Wonka ones. Like, now, yeah, well, popular. actually, that's oh, a yeah. bad example because actually, I think of all of them, there are still some of those that come out that make me laugh. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because okay. honestly, because I can imagine Gene Wilder saying <laughs> what the things are saying that he's saying, <laughs> and then the whole like most interesting man in the world. Those are like that was funny once. These come out a lot, like a job title or something. Oh god, what yeah. people think I do, what my parents think I do, and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, me. Those have never really done it for me. Yeah, but seriously, people, there are plenty of movies that don't start with an S. Think of, be more inventive. <laughs> and, and if you really can't think of a movie, if it takes you longer than a minute to think of a movie that doesn't have a letter S in it, Watch you are movies. not a movie person. I want you to hashtag 80s Revisited. Give us uh, what we were talking about yeah. earlier. The uh, longest movie title without a repeating letter. Yeah, that was one. And then you said something about the S one. No, just the longest one that without an S. Yeah. So far, we have Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, Willy no, Wonka. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, so yeah. I really, th- I can't think of anything <laughs> off the top. Yeah, of my you head. might not. Even, we might not see any hashtags on this because yeah, you, but if you, you can't think beat of it, it, you can't beat it. Don't even try. Gauntlet thrown. <laughs> yeah, so you know what's funny? <laughs> if it was, if it was a direction change, if it wasn't, don't be a menace to North Central without drinking your juice in the North hood. Central. It has one S. For South, mm-hmm. think yeah. of that. That would have easily won. Yeah, Don't but it, it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> fail. Damn, South Central, <laughs> West Central, well, no West. Ain't East. nobody got yeah, time for be, that. Have to be North. <laughs> anyway, this brings us to Daniel's wheelhouse of sports. Sports pass. Sports pass. Sorry, <laughs> forgot we changed. Yeah, sorry that. Yeah, that's the title. This we is still don't of, have a intro for that, so send us that yeah. if you feel inclined. Uh, this was a kind of a little short one. Again, I don't have anything. Uh, Platoon came out in uh, December 24th of 86. Don't have anything on December 24th. Mm-hmm. But on December 26th of that year, a uh, dude by the name of Doug Jarvis. I didn't know who he was. Uh, is he the Turns out, for the Avengers? <laughs> yeah, that's all I was going to say. <laughs> Turns out he's a NHL player. Mm-hmm. Or, or he was. Uh, he set the NHL record of... 916 consecutive consecutive games in a row, you know, to playing. He's the Cal Ripken of hockey. Cal Ripken Jr., excuse me. Exactly. 
Um, he actually has the record still. It went up a little bit. It's 964 before he either got hurt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What Can you name the other ones from the other... <laughs> From the three major sports in America. Oh, that have the most consecutive? Yes. Well, you already said one. Cal Ripken Jr. for baseball. Which basketball. is a remarkable amount. Like, uh, it's like, t- like 2,632 yeah, straight games. That is a span of 16 years. Yeah, now let's divide that. That means they play like. They play 162 exactly, games a that's year. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I, I know sometimes, yeah. You know, yeah, there's a lot of time he's sitting in a dugout when he's not on the field, blah, blah, blah. It don't matter. You go, you go up. Sit, and, and I'm you, sorry. And I you travel one baseball game over the course of 16 years, yeah. much less. And you sit there and play doubleheaders, and then the next night you you're having to travel at 11 o'clock at mm-hmm. night and getting to your next stop at you know four in the morning and having to even maybe play that not that you know that day. That's remarkable when you think about it. I know it's not a contact sport, phys- mm-hmm. like a huge physical contact. Well, people have sport. been killed in baseball, yeah. mm-hmm. but he played shortstop. Or second second base or shortstop. One he was other. shortstop, I believe, yeah. for um, uh, Baltimore Orioles. It's just that will never be broken. That's one of those. Yeah. Okay. Can you guess uh, football? No, I know. I know. I've heard who has been each one, but I don't remember. Okay. So give me a hint, like position or team or something. Football is a quarterback. Okay, that was my, that was my first inclination. My guess would be. Uh, they still play? Well, yes, you that? Nope. Okay. He has played... I have uh, a guess. He doesn't play anymore, but he played in 297 straight games. No, my first... Regular when, season When games. you first asked me that, my first gut instinct was Dan Marino. No. I was going to okay. say Brett Favre. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Brett Favre played in 297 regular season, season games. If you count playoffs, it's 321. Wow. Jeez. So he's, uh, he's the Iron Man of baseball. Y'all won't uh, get basketball. Because it's some random ass dude. <laughs> Not really. Like, or I know who he is, so maybe... Team and position, or... Um, he did, at one time, I believe, play for the Lakers. His name was A.C. Green. Never heard of him. Yeah. This is a pretty good thing, too. It's not as good as football or baseball to me. But he played in uh, 1,192 straight basketball games. You play wow. 82 a year. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. It's over 10 years, for sure. It's probably... Uh, it's over around 12, 13 years. So... That's awesome. There's, there's some Iron Man of sports around here. Yeah. That would be very hard to do. Just a simple fact, especially when you're a quarterback. One hit can end a career. Yeah. You lasted 297 games. That's true. You know. And then, uh, like, if, if I died and went to hell, like, one of one of the hell, personal hells for me would be to be Cal Ripken mm. and have to play through over 2,000 baseball games mm. for eternity. Because <laughs> that would be like, one baseball game would be like an eternity for me. I now when I was a kid I loved baseball because little league, you know t-ball coaches pitch little league. But of course you play like five inning games. You know you play shorter games, which they're just long enough to have fun with. I'm sorry, seventh inning stretch, Jesus Christ! Like I got I, a question though. Mm-hmm. Does will it change your mind a bit if you made ten thousand a game? Yeah, because then that's a living. <laughs> so well, well, yeah, well, in hell, you don't make money. Money's irrelevant in hell. <laughs> but if somebody said, "Hey Trey, you got to go watch, you know, this many baseball games. We're going to pay you ten thousand a game. Done." He made. I'm making a money. I'm making. And money. he made more than that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Again, uh, I mean, he's one of the greats. I actually have a sign. I didn't meet him. My parents met him at like some convention. Uh, I met Pete Rose, but he's like a black sheep of baseball. It's that, and that's pathetic. Yeah, you can have people that. You know, steroids, whatnot. Uh, you know, you can't get 
who who's there was a guy like a troubled dude that, that did criminal stuff that's in the Hall of Fame, but Pete Rose isn't. He's the leading hitter in the major leagues ever, mm-hmm. and uh, because he gambled. Yeah, it's ridiculous. On baseball. It really is ridiculous. He didn't. And what I was reading, he didn't even gamble on his own game, so he therefore had no way of changing a game. I ima- it's it's pitiful to me. I imagine when he dies. No, he will get in when he dies. Yeah, exactly. That's it's what I'm just saying. These these baseball old pundits or whatever, not pundits, but these old geezers are gonna not vote him in. Probably just when you think of it, kind of because they're prideful about it. Yeah, eh, I mean until like you know change of management, so to speak. But anyways, I, I'm done with that. One. Yeah, but <laughs> the the reason that football is really America's pastime is because there's not fucking 160 games a year. There's what. 16 regular season. Wait, 16 regular season. Regular season. You got playoffs. You got yeah. four or five, four it's, preseason games. And, two teams at five. Yeah, right, so. and, the, and the thing about football is, pretty much every game counts. Your yeah. team needs to win every game for the most part. You know, of course, you can win one or two. I mean, lose one or two, and you still can make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But in baseball, oh, big deal! You lost this game. Guess what? You got six more against the same fucking team this week. You know what's funny about it? Same thing with basketball. I hate that that system. The what? Like, you know, you have series. Oh, I like that. I don't. No, I, I like it. The only time I pay attention to the NBA is the playoffs. Because I'm not going to watch all these yeah. games every year until I see, until it's getting to who's going to win. Because of that, like, I like um, best of seven because you can really kind of get the best. Anybody can win one game. Yeah. Can you win four? Yeah. Well, the football, you know, any given Sunday, you know, Super yeah. Bowl, is, it's a one-shot, you know, you there get was one shot. Midway through the season, maybe a little bit towards, a little past midway through the season, the Ravens were going way downhill. They started, ended up firing Kim Cameron, who LSU has now, by the way. Um, that's their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Ended up firing him and stuff like that. And all these Ravens, Scott Flacco's never going to do it again, never going to do anything. Uh, then they just get hot. Yeah. Well, who's hot at the time? You know, it's one of those. The Giants barely made the playoffs last year, won the Super Bowl. You know, mm-hmm. when you have a best, like, can you beat LeBron James four times? Yeah. In in one series, it's a little well, up tough. until last year. Yeah. 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 But failing in the fourth yeah. quarter, choking. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, if, if baseball had, you know, it was five innings and there were like sixteen games a year, it'd be interesting to me because then it's like, you know, you're playing. You know, you can have, you can go there, in baseball and basketball. You can have a bad night, you gotta, but you gotta you know shake it off. Come back the next night. Check check this out. <laughs> this is kind of they play 162 games. The first playoff is a five game series. After I believe after if there's a potential tie and then they play a one game playoff to see who makes the playoffs. It's just a five game series. I, something changed um, either this year or last year where now there's two wild card teams along with the division winners and they play a one game series i think it had it started last year so you play 162 games to play one game you have one one game off that's it that's you're done retarded mm. america's Ugh. past time. Ugh, whatever just because <laughs> we invented it yeah big deal go ahead double dave <laughs> <laughs> who invented basketball you remember him naismith yep i don't know about football but i remember baseball and basketball it wasn't really it wasn't really a certain one, I believe, in football. Like, cause that, well, there was like... I, could usually I had a bathroom a reader that had like all this stuff uh, in it. And there was like one guy who sort of 
he didn't invent it, but he kind of made it what it is. Like, he's like the key person who I got you. did something. I don't know. So if you know that, send it to AsiaVisit at gmail.com, yep. which you can also send any of your you know comments, questions, requests, death threats, love letters, all that kind of stuff. We love hearing from you guys and girls. Uh, and also on Facebook, you can look us up, Awesome Podcast Network, and also on Twitter, at Awesome Podcasts. And although I am a extreme hashtag hater, I just hate the word hashtag. Sure. If you want to hashtag. Pound sign us. There, there, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Go ahead and give us a pound sign. 80s Revisited and post about uh, the two movie shift three things we did. There you go. <laughs> shift, give, give me a shift three. I like, that should be a sports drink. Shift three. Shift three. It's <laughs> a hashtag one. <laughs> we made a commercial of the sports drink one time. It's called H20. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's funny to me. Then you can have the hashtag. I mean, uh, shift three. Was I going? I had something funny to say, but then I forgot because you said that, and that was funnier than what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, oh, there you go. Anyway, next week a first for this podcast. We're going to watch a movie that neither Daniel nor I have ever seen. Should we tell people now, or should they tune in? I say they tune in. Actually, okay. Well, tune in next week for an all-new episode of Eighties Revisited, in which an unknown movie. Not just to you, but to us as well, in a sense, will be talked about. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> but thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate it again. Uh, email, Facebook, Twitter, hit us up, let us know. And we hope you enjoyed this Oscar-winning episode of 80s Revisited. Until next time, I'm Trey Harris. I'm Daniel San Angelo. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! No! <laughs> At the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.